Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. You are listening to Monday's edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. It is Monday, September 25th. I'm Tim Priester. With Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated, and we are here to talk about segment one, basically talk about what Marcus Freeman said in today's uh, morning press conference, and we're pushing off all the pretty much all the stuff from the game. We're going to address all the topics from Notre Dame's 17-14 loss to Ohio State, but most of those will be in segment two. I think it's important that um, Rather than go over all that again and then go dive into the questions in segment two, we're going to talk about what Marcus Freeman had to say today. And I know a lot of people are saying there's no excuse for what happened. And you're absolutely right. There is no excuse for two plays being run with Notre Dame having 10 defenders on the field. And I don't know of anybody at Notre Dame that is making an excuse for that, least of which Marcus Freeman, who took full responsibility for what happened. Yeah, to be clear, we're pushing it off because all the questions are about that. So that's why yeah. that's why we're pushing it into segment two. Um, Marcus Freeman today, the, the number one question, of course, in everybody's mind, and it, it was a follow-up question. When did you know there were 10 players? I mean, for if you, if you were uh, somehow like a Mars and don't know that Notre Dame had 10 players on the field for the last two plays, there was a follow-up question. When did you know they did not know for the penultimate play, the incomplete pass, where Ohio State rolled right and through incomplete. I am going to guess Ohio State did not know because they would have checked to a run left where there was no defensive lineman standing. We have not talked about that yet. He said they found out too late before the final play. That's tough because obviously us, you know, a genius player will jump off sides and can cause yourself 18 inches. It's hard for a Notre Dame player to sit to override a co- or to just do that without a coach telling him to. We have heard that I have people have saw Jack Kaiser on the sideline, kind of gesticulating that there's a problem. Uh, I thought Riley Mills and Howard Cross made a motion insinuating they were missing a player. However, it was so meek. I don't think that was it. So if you can imagine your head, I'm putting my hand over my head and Howard Cross and Riley Mills both pointed to the ground with one hand. Um, that could be anything. Uh, it's <laughs> it, it really could be. I, you would, And you would think Howard Cross would be the person next to it. It was JJB, Riley Mills, Howard Cross. Howard Cross should know he doesn't have a defensive end next to him, probably if anybody would. Right. Uh, Thomas Harper, the nickel who was standing over the vacated end, would really know, and he certainly found out because he got bundled as a result of it. There was nobody. It's not his fault. Uh, DJ Brown was on that side as well. So I, in my opinion, I don't know if Notre Dame ever knew. Uh, that's just me saying it. I'm not calling anyone liars or anything like that. I don't know if they ever knew or if they did know it could have been too late, but it's, that's not an excuse. It's still the worst ending I've ever seen to a football game <laughs> here. I want to throw this out there, Tim, before you talk, it is the exact same thing as not having Joe Alt on the field on fourth and one on offense. It is unreal. Yep. Totally agree. There is no excuse. Uh, Marcus Freeman said it falls on him. I, I, I don't. I like. I don't know. I look. We he know. did not want to say. He did not want to run down. He was asked. He did not want to run down who to blame. 
Right. Of which but, there are many. There are many, but, obviously. Yes. I think I think Al Washington has a role in that. I know that there is a um uh, analyst that has a role in that. Probably Al Golden, right? Well, I, boy, I don't know. There's a, there's uh, the a, player that go didn't go in has a role in it. Let's, let's not pretend it's all the coaches. The player that didn't go in has a role. Well, in it. And, that, and, and, and people ask that, did, did we save that for a question, Tim, or, or, or sorry, yeah, I, 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 might have, I might have, I'm sorry. I mean, it was, it was, it would have been Gabe Rubio. Gabe Rubio was in on goal but, line. But Tim, I, I agree with you at first, but they were in nickel, which also is another thing we can argue about. Uh, they were goal line at one. They were in nickel and Ohio state subbed. Okay. Well, you, you saw you, I wasn't looking for that when I, rewatch the game yeah they were in nickel missing the defensive end basically because they had that's, that's, they, that's they had five defensive that backs it's inexplicable that, that that is in it that's there's no excuse for that either nope. they're at the one yard line you're not and i do know that ohio state threw on on uh first down or but then ohio state substituted for the lex for the last down you could it, it's right it's all bad, right. It's all bad. And, the ref, and the refs waited for notre dame to send their substitute in and I, we don't know where he was. So Notre Dame blew it. I mean, in the unfortunate, the totally unfortunate thing is that Notre Dame was the better football team for a, a larger percentage of the game. Notre Dame's coaching moves prior to that were more successful than Ohio state's yeah. were a larger portion of the game. Notre Dame's offensive line, stepped up big time. That's why I asked about that today because there was, remember I said, I'm not as concerned about the offensive line as everybody else, even though I, even though there was concern because they right. were going against Ohio. I was State. way more concerned than right. you were. I was way more concerned. Right. right. I mean, I knew that they were going against a quality defensive line, but I didn't think that the shortcomings from the first four games were as, as bad as many people were suggesting. So I thought they had a chance to hold their own. They did more than hold their own, which is why they were able to stick to the game plan of running the football, which I know people have objected to. Notre Dame's running backs are averaging 5.3 yards per carry against the, the Ohio State defensive front. That's a good thing. That's a thing that you continue to exploit because you want to win the line of scrimmage. And so that's why they rushed the football 39 times, which again, you know, we've talked about this in the past, Tim, if you run the ball 40 times in a game, you're winning the line of scrimmage uh, oh, yeah. 99 yeah. times out of a hundred, unless you're triple option. Yeah, it was, um, it's frustrating. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that on instant analysis and in snap judgments. And then again today, because when we did instant analysis, I did not, fully embrace the Notre Dame was the better team all day. I more was along the lines of these two teams were even and Notre Dame was a little better all day, but the rewatch of it, I agree with you that Notre Dame was the better team most of the day. Um, I count the 60 yard run as a very big deal. It's kind of like Audrey Gestapi's 80 yeah. yard run. It is a pretty big oh. deal. I mean, those, yeah. and there's a reason Notre Dame didn't catch him. They're not as fast as him. No, but that was the <laughs> one like that is, <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. Just like <laughs> that, Audrey estimated those, the DPs at NC State weren't as fast. They're not as, as good as him, so they didn't catch him. They <laughs> didn't catch Travion Henderson because they're not as good as him. Um, and that counts. But that was also, and I thought about this yesterday, that was the, maybe one of the only two or three times in the football game where you're watching Ohio State and you're, not th and you're thinking, ah, shoot, they're just not fast enough. This is going to be a problem. Like, I, I didn't think about Egbuka. I just thought, oh, man, he's really good. This is he's just really good, but it yeah. wasn't one of those things. Usually, you watch Ohio State, Notre Dame, like, oh god, they're not going to keep up. This, is oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that well, was not that, the case. that. I mean, that was the thing. The previous five times Notre Dame played Ohio State, that I mean, Ohio State was better. He flat out knew it. 
Yes. You knew, you, if you didn't totally know it before the game, you should have sensed it at the very least. Yeah. And Notre could have won those games and not been as good as Ohio right. State. And, and, and <laughs> so that's the, that's the frustrating part is that, you know, all these years, Notre did match up. Notre matched up in this game. Boy, Ibuka. Oh, he's just good. You got to defend that guy on every square inch of the damn field. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, Benjamin Morrison did a great job against uh, both, but did a great job against Harrison. They gave a little help on certain plays, which you should. That's what you should do. Um, It's tough when you know you look at it. I mean, maybe the next step for Benjamin Morrison, the junior who should go, who should be able to go to the NFL if if the world were right, and he was a basketball player. (laughs) Maybe the next step for him is. He can become a nickel that can follow everybody all over the field and just take the best player out of it because he yeah. is he is really good. Uh, he did a, he had a great game. You can't pitch a shutout against those guys. That's not possible. No, uh, and it, it didn't. I, I'm first of all when Harrison was injured, I didn't think he'd come back in. But that wow. but Morrison Morrison was. I know I don't I have no idea how he came back in. Morrison was beating him early on. Was winning the battle. He did a tremendous job, and so you know, and then then even. At Notre Dame's defensive line did a, a very poor job of rushing the passer, but yeah, they they stop they stopped the run, and so that's why you know a lot of times Tim, it it, it it's hard to make snap judgments immediately after the game from the ninth sure. floor of the the press box. Yeah, it's it's I know people don't want to. It sounds like an excuse, but it just. It well, just, you're tracking things besides writing your snap judgments. Right. We don't, we we don't have, right. And we don't have the luxury of every replay right in our face. We don't have the luxury of the commentary of, of good analysts, which, you know, look, people that watch the game, you are he- on TV. You are, he- whether you realize it or not, you are heavily influenced by what the analyst is telling you. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. And you're either you're either angry at him or influenced by what he's saying. <laughs> that's very true. That's that's very true. Um, yeah. So look, it it. Uh, no, I appreciate the notes I get on Twitter during the game where they say, "Hey, this happened. This happened." I think those people yeah. actually know we're asking for it every once in a while. Like, what happened there? Yeah, like, and we do. And we appreciate that when it's something. Well, who tipped you off about unbalance against NC State? Because we, you know, you can we can spot those things. But you're look, you're trying to look at so many different things that we know, write like, down too much too. We have to find a new way of doing this process. You after 42 years, me after 16 years. We have to do the process. I write way, way, yes. way more than most people charting the game. I just do. Yeah, uh, I can't stop. Yeah. So anyway, people don't want to hear about. We that, need but. analysts. We need analysts. That's what we need. We need we need an analyst for Irish Illustrator. Just like Notre Dame needed an analyst to say you have uh, not enough people on the field, including the guy that's supposed to stop the ball where it's going. Yeah. Well, you you apply for those extra credentials from Notre Dame and see how that works out for you. But uh, now, so let let's Tim real quickly. Let's get back to uh, some other details from from Marcus Freeman's press conference, and then the entire second half will be. We'll be about oh, the game. Uh, did anybody ask about Duke? Yeah, a little, little bit about Duke. Uh, we can talk a little bit about Duke because I did. I did. Uh, I did. It was nice to be able to turn the page and spend my entire Sunday evening looking at Duke film, and and they're going going to be formidable with a really good quarterback. Yeah. But uh, injuries, Tim. Why don't you go ahead and share that? Yeah, Deion Colsey. Uh, we heard from our John Bryce that he might be out for the game, and uh, it could be farther than or further than that. He is uh, having a knee scope this week, and he'll be out for a few weeks. Uh, this could be a situation for a head coach giving you the the rosy outlook. It could be longer than that for Deion Colsey. Jaden Thomas hamstring questionable. I don't like hearing hamstring questionable and having it left for like 
yeah, like I, I speak Brian Kelly. I don't speak Marcus Freeman yet, but I speak head coach. Hamstring questionable, nothing else said, is not like we expect him back on Thursday or something along those lines. Yeah. So they're going to need someone to step up. Uh, they're going to call 100%. They're going to call somebody up from scout team. I would assume Braylon James because it's an outside position. Jordan Faison is a possibility because yeah. you could then put Jaden Greathouse outside for the game. Right. He could handle that. But calling him up from the scout team, they're going to have to really perform. They're going to travel. They'll probably both travel. It uh, doesn't mean they're going to get in the game. As you saw, if you watch this game closely, a uh, very short rotation at corner on defense for Notre Dame. I think that's relevant. I asked that question of Marcus Freeman on Thursday, knowing he couldn't t- give me the game plan. I still wanted to know, are you going to shorten your rotation a little bit? You might see that at wide receiver at uh, at Duke. with uh, You could see just four guys out there, possibly five. Am I mis- tra- miscounting? Four, yeah, four guys will be out there. Um, That's that's a hit a little bit. And I mentioned this to Chancey Stuckey and... In August, and I kind of got the side eye. You know, you don't need that many receivers. Well, there's already three down. So I guess you do need that many receivers. Well, it's, certainly, it's, certainly great house and Flores play more. Flores played. And, they're, and they played well. They played winning football. They really did. Really, Flores really. I mean, that's a that's a breakout game for him. The, the first of his career, a real breakout. Uh, and, of course, you know, Matt Salerno. Uh, if you He's saw. You, yeah. Did you see him? At, I mean, he is uh, his lower right leg. There's a break there. No, oh, I think it's. Oh, I think his. I think his playing. Unless it's a bowl it's, game, he's out. He's done. Probably, yeah. yeah, it's very significant. So there's no chance. There's no chance there. I hadn't actually. Uh, uh, Jordan Faison was kind of out of sight, out of mind for me yeah. here in recent weeks. But you're you're right. I would think that that he's going to get a shot, and it gives you some. All three. Yeah, he travels. Braylon James has to travel. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, that's well, last Thursday about Eli Raritan, because maybe they need a fourth tight end since they're going to be playing stays a lot during the game. Uh, yeah. it's do, not, I, but it's, it's not like it's their choice. I mean, Eli Raritan has to be healthy enough to play. They're not just holding think, him out. I think, I think Raritan is, I think they're going to try to cut him loose a little bit more coming up here in practice. Uh, I, man, I'd still really like to limit him to four games because last year yes, was totally yeah, agree. nothing out of last year. And so if you can get. But I kind of agree with the people on our board. I, I saw some people say, let's limit them to four games like Duke and USC and right. uh, and Clemson and the bowl game or something along right. those lines. That's right. that's not a bad idea. No, I think I think that would be that's an interesting question to ask, actually. Yeah. And whoever suggested that, that's a that's a really good. That's an interesting question. Uh, I like our next analyst, our next spotter and analyst, whoever said that. Yes. It's great. Yes. Uh, real quick. And then we'll end. Uh, we'll end segment one. Well, first of all, uh, Duke kicks off at 7.30 Eastern. Louisville also kicks off at 7.30 Eastern, followed by USC kicking off at 7.30 Eastern. And you asked me at the end of uh, instant analysis today. <laughs> uh, yeah, night games night games start to wear on this old man a little bit. It's not just the game itself. It's it's the concentration during the game, and it's the four hours after the it's game. It's the four hours after the game that's an issue. If people wonder why we care, it's the four hours after the game is what the problem is. But Marcus Freeman uh, was informed, as was I at the same time. Tim Priester already knew this, that it's a night game for Louisville. And uh, unlike me, Freeman had to answer Heard publicly. Lonergan. He didn't look all that happy about the night game situation. He said Louisville's a night game? <laughs> that's yes, a tough one. No, yes, but uh, other things from Freeman's press conference today, I think it's – I want my takeaway is his ability to turn the page to Duke is the most important storyline remaining from the Ohio State game. The Ohio State game is over. They lost in epic, colossal fashion where you can question the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head coach, and the players 
all in the final four minutes and 26 seconds, more than any other time during the game. It's just a strange thing. That 426 is going to be famous for a long time for Notre Dame fans. Now, if they can keep winning, it's different. But turning the page to Duke, a very capable team, the point spread is 5.5. It was what, eight and a half, nine in the preseason? And I get that. You would you would drop it a little bit. Yeah. That's a hard, it's a hard page to turn. It's a hard focus to make. And I'm a little bit different than you on this, Tim. I don't expect Notre Dame to, to play poorly because of this. I just don't know how, I don't know how today can go at all in a walkthrough. Uh, they're going to have to have a great Tuesday to turn the page. A great a, physical uh, Tuesday. Yeah, well, he, Marcus Freeman even didn't he suggest, you know, there's going to, there is going to be a little bit of hangover at the beginning of the week. And that's understandable. Uh, I'm sure he'll snap. They don't have to snap out of it quite yet. But you know what? What you need more than anything is to be with your guys, man. You need to be with your guys, be with your team. As coaches, you start talking them back up. Uh, I get a chill down my spine thinking about that stuff because I there was a time in my life when we did stuff like that. And it was, you know, you didn't want to come back from a tragic loss, but there was something to be said for what you gain from having to go through that experience. And it's it. it it's a it is a good thing. It's a cathartic thing for sure. And I thought Pete asked you a good question today. How do you balance moving forward against being punitive of what they did wrong? Like, because there is a there's a feeling where if you make Tuesday's practice too physical, you're reacting to your loss, whereas you should be preparing for Duke. But you make practice too physical because you don't want the drift, as he talks about, to happen. You yeah. need everybody focused. It's a fine line, and I'm going to ask you about it Thursday. Um, I may preface it with no coach has ever uh, said we had a bad week of practice. So let's let's not say you had a great week of practice because the, no one's yep. ever going to say that. Well, but don't you, want, you wonder when the great week of practice starts. Can it can it start without him saying, all right, let's get after it today? Well, I mean, it, it, I think it needs to at least 80 percent start on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of percentage you put on today. But like, real quickly, Mike Elko, I thought it was interesting that Marcus Freeman said that when he was at Kent State, he had an eye on what Mike Elko was doing at Bowling Green. Of course, they were in the same conference uh, and both uh, coordinators or, or trending toward being a coordinator in Marcus Freeman's instance. And then he followed Mike Elko when he was at uh, Wake Forest and at Notre Dame. So um, he knows what he's about. Mike Elko, we we know what he's, he's about. We were around him for a year, enjoyed his company, enjoyed his football knowledge. I remember going to the, uh, the coaches clinic that year and just being um, – just really enamored with the way he explained defense and impressed by it. Uh, I saw him so, at an Easter egg hunt for crying out loud. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, younger kids, he was an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Uh, but their, uh, their defense is still very good. Their offense has a trigger man in Riley Leonard, who's very good. I will take exception to a question asked about the atmosphere at Duke. I'm sure that they're very excited at Duke. But I don't believe for a second that Correct. that's going to be a madhouse that Notre Dame's going to. Well, it'll I, be awesome for all the people there, all 40,000. But Notre Dame has been yeah. to a, a crazy 100,000. Right. So that's it's well, different. What they went through at NC State, I probably underestimate a little bit. Because of noon. I did because of noon. Because of noon, I underestimated. Well, noon, number one and number two, we were fully enclosed. There were no open windows in that press box. And again, for people that haven't been in that situation, that makes a huge difference. Saturday night. Notre Dame had multiple windows open and you could hear the crowd. And I said some things in today's tale of the tape. I remember Tim, when I turned to you and said, the, the crowd is scared. The student body's scared. They're not, they're not making any sounds right now. And that was when it was 10 to nothing. And they were 
holding their breath to make sure that Notre Dame got on the scoreboard. Yeah, that was that was a weird moment. I had the same feeling in the last minute, but uh, I was trying to do my job, too. Boy, that was a fun recap to write. Switch that one up. Yeah, you got to start. You got to start your recap ahead of time. A whole lot had to change on that touchdown. (laughs) This segment's running long. I'm going to cut it short here, Tim. We'll be back to talk all of the stuff from uh, from the Ohio State game of the questions we have. Segment two will be coming up, burning up the boards. Hey, whether you are attending a Notre Dame game in person or watching from home, you have to look the part of an Irish fan. We've partnered with Home Field Apparel to get you looking like a true fan on game days. Home Field is a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Home Field designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and history of each school using unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com, where you can see their selection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with the discount code Irish Illustrated. It's the perfect apparel for this football season, so check them out. Coming back, segment two, burning up the boards. If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit gamedayyourway.com. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris and Rome. Visit Aerlingus.com to book today. We are back with segment two, burning up the boards. And our first question is from Rocket Mania 28. Who would have or should have been the 11th player on the field for those last two plays? Uh, well, this is a more interesting question than I thought it would be, Tim, because I did. I wasn't. A, I was not looking for nickel. Uh, nor should you have been, Tim. Nor okay, should I have been. So I, I mean, my assumption was Rubio because Rubio had had come had, had been on goal line uh, prior to that. So Rubio and Kaiser were on the field at the timeout. Both came off. Nickel came on. Ramon Henderson came on. I think Harper was in anyway. Um, unfortunately, I just named two people that came off and one that came on. But Nickel came in and remember. Oh, down to nine. Yeah, there's your problem. Um, remember, they, they ran Nickel on the second to last play, penultimate play. And it worked because Ohio State rolled right into Nickel, had to throw it away. They do they had another play. And that's why I say I don't think Ohio State had any idea that Notre Dame had. 10 guys on the field missing a defensive end that you yeah. can simply run the ball over. Yeah. Ohio State substituted. Notre Dame had a chance to substitute. That's when you get out of nickel for sure. Um, it's funny because nickel turned out to be a great call on the penultimate play of the game. It did because <laughs> they, they passed. Um, who should have been on the field? If they're staying in nickel, that's Patello. 
and it's also defensive end, so it's not Rubio because Mills. Right. right. Yep. So Batello is the guess. Uh, Burnham would be the other guess. I wouldn't think. I think you'd be going Jordan Batello right there because you're at the one I, yard line of two. So yeah. I would think it would be Batello. Um, but once again, if you're in a weird package, I don't know how Batello wouldn't go on the field for the for the nickel package being called on either. It's just a strange. The whole thing is incredible, and we have more questions going at it. But we don't have a definitive answer. I'm going away from Rubio in that it was a defensive end that was missing. Uh, I, based based upon your knowledge of that, I'm I'm going to have to con- 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 concur with you. Uh, question from Scott twenty four one zero five. What did you think of the screen call? I for one like the idea of going for the win instead of being too conservative and hoping the defense can stop Ohio State on their final possession. I that, think Tim and I Scott yeah. said. Tim and I feel a little differently on this one. I think I, we, because they had run the ball success, the 11 yard game by estimate. And I would have got it one of two ways. It would be giving the ball to estimate out of the shotgun as he's been doing a lot of the game, but you spread it out a little bit more. So there's not as many men in the box against you, or you give the ball to estimate out of the standard handoff because then you're not losing yards. I like the idea of running clock because the goal for me there is to make it harder for Ohio state to win the game. And although a 30 yard gain <laughs> makes it hard for Ohio state to win the game. So too does a running clock. Use your last time out, get as many yards as we can punt it back to your 25. And pretty sure I want to get your opinion of this next, because I want to go into the unintended consequences of what happened with that first down handoff that went awry on a five yard loss. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. We'll I, get to look, that after the screen pass. Uh, I mean, there's there are a couple things at play here, and I I, I realize that that you know you want to run out the clock on the ground, but obviously Jared Parker thought I've got this play, this play is going to work, and when it works, it's going to be about twenty five or thirty yards. If you look at the replay of it, and that's the game. That is the game. And, that, and then that then the game absolutely is over. Keep in mind that Hartman, I, I want I'm I'm going to go back and check. I should have done it for tail of tape, but I'm going to check to see what uh how many targets the running backs have and the completion percentage because I it's in the 90s. I I believe oh, that the completion it, percentage, yeah. The yeah. completion percentage is, is in the 90s. Now, what the problem there is that Tui Maloau had two pick sixes last year. Oh. On a similar play, and he almost had a third on Saturday. So you have to make sure that you get it over his head. But I believe it was Jadarian Price who was the intended receiver. And if you look at the replay of it, up ahead are your center, Zeke Corral, and your right guard, Rocco Spindler. By the way, Spindler played an outstanding game. I I can point to two really bad plays that were probably accentuated a little bit on the TV broadcast, but I thought Rocco Spindler played an outstanding game. So anyway, those are the, those are, that's the thought process. That's what's in play. If he completes the screen pass, the game is over, but it wasn't. So then it's the wrong call or the wrong. It doesn't have to be the wrong call. Unlike the the 10 players, whatever, whatever. Unlike Um, the 10 players, there's arguments to be made here. I go the other way. I would like to have as little time as possible for the best punt. So that I, I don't I, like taking estimate out. I, I don't like taking estimate out after a yard run. All but right. So that they, one they, play for that one play, he didn't want that personnel for the screen. No, no uh, the screen. I don't mean, I mean, first. Okay. And ten. Okay. okay. First and 10 shotgun two back estimate is not one. I know the play had been worked. Ah, Todd Blackledge mentioned this worked earlier. They lost five yards. There was some indecision. Um, all right. So there's minus five. There's the unintended consequence of, of that play. 
the screen pass, you're either going to win the game or not. It's incomplete. There's zero. You're still at minus five yards, what you could have had if you just ran four times with estimate or three times with estimate and gained zero yards. You're still at minus five. Third down, 15, you have to hand off, obviously. They gain a couple yards. You've lost three yards. J.D. Bertrand jumps offsides. You've lost seven yards. Cam Hart runs around in a circle, Igbuka on the punt return for nine-yard gain. You've lost 16 to 17 yards. They gained 17 yards and a timeout with yep. a stop clock stoppage by Notre Dame on that. And that is the only reason I think, all right, estimate 11 yards, run, 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 no timeouts, punt the ball the hell out of here. But I get it. You can also win the game by doing what Notre Dame tried to do. I'm also told that on that five-yard loss by Hartman, mm-hmm. he made he made a mistake. He turned the wrong way, which is which is almost unfathomable. Yes, but it's a really really reliable source. So Hartman created that. I, you know, I had said in my tale of tape that Coogan didn't get there in time to be the lead block. But if Hartman turned the wrong way, yeah. Then, as long as one of those sources isn't like the running back's parents, then you're okay. That's a good no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. So there was a lot at play there. And so oh, there was a lot. There's a lot, I mean, a lot of unintended consequences, the, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, man. You know, the 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 whole notion of just hand it off. I I agree with you, estimate should have been in on the previous play. I get that. I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh conventional wisdom tells you to run the football so you run more clock. But if Jared Parker, if they complete that pass. Is anyone saying, what the hell is he doing running the screen? They're saying that's what we get. We have Jared Parker instead of Tommy Reese. This is why it's an upgrade. We've done everything. That's the the go-to thought, the go-to line. So there's a lot at play there. I I understand second-guessing it. I tend to agree with with, uh, Scott 24105, mainly because I saw what was ahead (laughs) of Jadari and Price, and it would have ended the game. It it looked like it would have been the kind of play where – he ran for a 20 or 25 yards and then fell down, fell down and stayed in bounds. Although, that would, well, that would be smart, but we don't know because, you know, jumping off sides is smart sometimes too when you have 10 yeah. players. So nobody has any idea what's going on. All right. Question from Donnelly3434 Who is responsible for making sure the defense has 11 players on the field? I'd assume it's maybe a captain, a staff member, then ultimately Golden and Freeman. Personal experience has been multiple fail safes at every level of the game from Pee Wee to college you can speak to this here tim yeah uh, i'm the only guy in people in charge of the people in the field but that's okay <laughs> with the magnitude of the game this screw up is historic and I, again you're right it is i absolve it, freeman of nothing in this thing except i don't think freeman has anything to do with 11 players on the field um i think he has if he finds out at some point he has to know we can't do this we got to jump off sides we got to do whatever we have to do but i don't think it's a captain either other than no, the fact that J.D. Bertrand could look around and say, what in the living hell is going on? I don't have a guy. Because look at if J.D. Bertrand and D.J. Brown are in charge of their areas, OK, the secondary and the, and the line and, and linebackers. J.D. Bertrand probably could have looked over. He Let's say you're making a check. You look over and you see a right end. You tell him to move one step left or one step right. He does that all the time. There's no right end. So J.D. Bertrand could be involved in this. He's not number one by any mean, by any means. I'm shocked that Howard Cross looked to his right on two straight plays and did not have a player next to him and didn't say something. I'm yeah, really, I'm really surprised at that, but that's how dialed in, I guess you get, but yeah. you, would, you could almost sense it, right? You can. Yes. You yeah. You would think don't Thomas have a Harper had to sense it. Thomas Harper standing over a vacated area, looking at a 330 pound left I'm tackle. Sure, look, I'm sure if we had a chance to ask the players about that, 
this week, which we won't, you know, I mean, there, there, there has to be, there has to be a sense of panic and to be fair to them, probably they're not sure what to do. And I'm no, not it's sure hard under to know. the it's, circumstances it's hard to you can expect them to. It's very yeah, hard I, to know what to do. Uh, we did hear Jack Kaiser was making gestures that they didn't have enough. He was not on the field. That's yeah. a story for another time. Jack Kaiser could probably be out there on a goal line play for the season, in my opinion. Um, so I would think Al Washington, Al Washington has is the, is the first one here because it's a defensive lineman. If it's a linebacker, then it's Al Gold. But Al Washington uh, or a defense and then a defensive line analyst, a defensive analyst, Al Golden could want to see. Jordan Botello out there when he's trying to look and see what they're yeah, doing. I do, I do know that that Max Bola has some responsibilities with regard to this, but I don't know exactly why. There's enough people that I'm really surprised they didn't see it faster. I will tell you one thing, and now I was kind of writing down stuff. I'm ashamed of myself. I did not see it either. Well, I would, yeah, and you're well, on the field. You had no I chance. You're on, on the field. field. I, I was up top. I really was barely looking because I couldn't see. I was blinded with hatred and eventual self-doubt and angst, and I wanted to kill someone. But I did not really look down and analyze it because I was trying to catch up on, oh, my God, Ohio State's going to win the game, and I have to change this whole game story. But I did not see it. Um, so many people should have seen that. It should have been taken care of. That's why it's incredible. And I'm, I'm not absolving Freeman at all. I just don't know if a head coach has ever counted his 11 players. No, no definitely not. But as yeah. Look, as a head coach, you 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 fall on the sword. Oh well, yes, no, he's, he's ultimately the guy that was in charge. I, I I I've said this before. I apologize for those that hate it when I talk about my high school coaching. But I coached in I coached in nine sectional championship games, and we played well in eight. The one time that we didn't play well, we made eight errors. Now you can say that I had no responsibility in that because they were physical errors on the field. But if my team came in and play and made eight errors, I did something wrong along the way, uh, all, right? Along no, the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, also, like we used to say, if your not, team never, if your team didn't make a single error in that game, you would think, man, you really prepared that team well. So that is, oh, that's the just the way it is. I screwed up somewhere along the line and I made sure I told the South Bend Tribune that it must have been me. And so Marcus Freeman does exactly what he should do there. Uh, but there, I'm sure behind closed doors, there are people that are accountable for this. And Marcus Freeman is making sure that they speak to their accountability with that. Wash ND. Don't love this one. Don't love this one from Wash ND. From Jared Parker's play not to lose offensive game plan that was more suited for Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine to Al Golden's drop eight in critical spots. I do like that one. To the embarrassing 10 men on the field, Notre Dame's coaches lost this game, right? I can't disagree more with the opinion about Jared Parker. Right, and that's I the one that, I disagree with. That's the one I disagree with. Yeah, no, I know you are. I, I I can't disagree with that more. And I know that there are, we had multiple questions about this. We have comments on our message board. And I will say it again. I cannot disagree with that more. Now, you're just going to look at a stat sheet and say, well, Sam Hartman only threw 25 times. So you should have thrown the football more. You are dominating the line of scrimmage with your running game. Notre Dame's offensive line that everybody said that they were worried about, they are they are they are dominating to the point where Notre Dame's running backs are averaging 5.3 yards per carry against the Ohio State defensive line. You're moving the football. You're not having three and outs. You're not punting the whole day. You're moving the football the whole night. You're doing exactly what you want to do. You have 10, 10 minutes more 
time of possession when the game is over. Uh, you you were productive when you threw the ball. You're extremely productive when you're running it. I cannot disagree more. You have to finish off drives. The approach worked perfectly for Jared Parker at Notre Dame. Let me ask you a question, Tim. Notre Dame had a fourth and one in the first quarter. Did they play not to lose or did they go for the did they go for it? <laughs> they went for it, right? They they didn't get it, but they didn't get it, but they went for it. Notre Dame had a fourth and one in the third quarter. What'd they do? They went for it. Did they get it? Nope. They went for it. Notre Dame had a screen pass called on the final drive, as opposed to playing it safe and running, which I have advocated. What did they do? They went for it. There was nothing conservative about any of that. They beat up Ohio State running the ball. I actually don't think Sam Hartman played well enough today or on Saturday because he absolutely should have gotten the first down when it was he and Mitchell Evans against Sonny Styles. Hi, Tim. A hundred percent. The other one, he was overpowered by a strong person. That's fine. The fourth and one. Like you want him to get that, but he's he didn't get low enough. Low man. Oh, on yeah, he got hit. He got hit. I actually, I actually turned my head to once again write down what I I turned my head, assuming he was going to get the first down. I I, there was no doubt in my mind he was going to get the first down. We actually assumed he got the first down while we were sitting there while they were reviewing it. We're like, well, this can't be overturned. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm sorry. Say say what you want about my opinion about this. But Jared Parker's game plan was excellent. It was executed extremely well, except they couldn't finish off drives. They didn't. Well, neither did Ohio State. Ohio State didn't finish off drives. This is this is where I was kind of going, spinning my wheels when I was like, how much better did they play? Ohio State had fourth and goal at the one. They had to get three points. Ohio State had fourth down at the 11. They didn't get that either. I mean, Ohio State had chances to get more points too. El Golden's defense kept them out of the the, the four times. They only gave up one, and it was the the one that mattered the most. I get that. Now we just literally never been scored on when he had 11 people on the field against Ohio State in the red zone this year. Wait, now you and I agree with this as far as the drop eight. I mean, that because you you were finally putting pressure, or you know, I, I would love to be able to see an all 22 so I would know exactly what they were doing on the back end because did they man up on anyone or was it just all so on the right on the side where the ball went the defense is right McCord's left Cam Hart was outside Thomas Harper was in the slot and Henderson was above them they had the two linebackers on the other side you had Morrison and Watts you do have to worry about Marvin Harrison on the other side that's pretty important that's where that's where he was on the other side Fleming was on the outside of Ibuka and of course Cade Stover's involved so there's a lot going on there however Cade Stover's involved and you're throwing short to Cade Stover. That would be a fine thing in this situation. So that's a little different. Hart was outside. Harper on the snap went to Fleming a little bit on the outside. And by the time he comes back to Egbuka, the ball is being thrown. I believe Ramon Henderson was guarding the end zone. It looked like it. It looked like it. He, and he I was, could, it was like he was I, on a way. I, the first I assume Al Golden and Mike Mickens and Chris O'Leary said, guys, they can get the first down. I can't imagine they did not. So it's still tough because you're playing defense and you're thinking, all right, I'm putting my feet on this end line right here on this end zone. I do not like the drop eight. And Tim, uh, we, we can drop this situation too. We've been talking about Wash ND's question here for a while. I agree with Wash ND from the drop eight. And we agree the coaches lost the game. I mean, the, the 10 players on the field lost the game. That That's over. What if you're Ohio State's quarterback and offensive coordinator? You think, man, I hope they don't bring pressure. I'm just going to drill this ball on there. I agree. And I that's agree. exactly what happened. Yep. 
Yeah. It's they have to gain 19 yards. You bring pressure and make the ball go out earlier. And then you have to trust that you can tackle those guys. Right. And so they, yeah. Remember now, we were looking at the three people or no, you were downstairs. I'm looking okay. at Douglas farmer was with me. We're looking at three guys and I'm like, well, Leah coming, obviously bird trainer, Leah are coming. They're coming. And then they just kept dropping back. And I do want to look, I, they, yes, the coaching staff blew it at the end of the game, but I do want to say that the coaching staff, over the vast majority of this game, yes. Ohio State's coaching staff. It, so did. I, I don't like saying that they lost it because they put them, they were the reason they were in position to win the game. But, exactly. But they lost the last two plays in a fashion that's impossible. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Impossible. Absolutely. All right. We're, I'm going to pick up the pace here yeah. a little bit. From, uh, uh, Sean OD64. Last year, the team bounced back after Marshall Stanford losses. When it looked like the season could go sideways, is this loss more crippling, making it more likely this season goes off the rails, or is this team built to get off the mat and make another strong run? Oh, I think this team is built to get off the mat and make a strong run. If they somehow lose a great game to Duke, then I think there's a problem. for uh, They're going to have a little issue for the rest of the season if that happens. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to lose to Duke. No, neither do I, but you know what I'm saying. Know. We didn't think they'd lose to Stanford. We didn't. I'm just no, saying I, I, uh, I think they are – the people that are like, you got to change things up. I mean, Notre Dame couldn't have played better other than the ridiculousness of the last four. They played pretty well in the last four minutes. Did you know that Ohio state averaged 4.33 yards per snap on their final drive? 4.33 yards per snap. They squeezed off 15 snaps, which is pretty impressive. Of course they had a timeout, not to harp on that, but, (laughs) but they squeezed off four. It was 15 snaps on their final drive. That's amazing. Um, I do not believe they will lay down. I just think Duke's a pretty good team, and it'll be a closer game than you want it to be. I said this in its analysis after Freeman's press conference. This is not I, – I, I, look, I'm I'm saying this adamantly. This is not the same football team as last year. It is not the same head coach. It's not the same coaching staff. The mindset is not the same as it was when they lost to Marshall and Stanford. Uh, they could lose to Duke because Duke's pretty good. But it 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 won't be a, it won't be a case of like it's a rudderless team and the players don't know where to turn to, which I think is kind of what the situation they were in last year because Freeman was so new to the equation. Yeah, you know that's uh, they could lose to Duke because Duke's a really good defensive football team. It's on the road. You're a five point favorite. If they lose to Duke, I mean, I think Florida State could have some trouble with Duke at Florida State. And I think North Carolina, even though it's at North Carolina, could have some trouble with Duke. In other words, you're just really good if you're Duke and you beat Notre Dame right here. Right. right. As opposed to Marshall. Question from Norm 91 with the lack of a pass rush. Why is Josh Burnham not utilized more? He has speed and gets to the quarterback, but he's not get on the field enough. Will they consider using him more going forward? Probably. I like Josh Burnham. Um, Jordan Batello had a sack. Jordan Batello had a sack. Jordan Batello made the biggest play of the game. He forced Kyle McCord into a intentional grounding penalty that was third and 19 to end the game. And right now, Jordan Batello would be in the question saying, how about Jordan Batello coming through with the biggest play of the season so far? However, they did not cover third and 19. Uh, I like Josh Burnham. Yep. He he was in briefly. He got a tackle. Not surprisingly, it came from the backside because he's really, really quick. Like a condor. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I, I like it. I think Norm 91, I agree. I think if you can't get a pass rush, and they could not get, they could not get. Maybe Patel thought they won when he made that play. And then he came off for the rest of the, <laughs> it was all over. So the he didn't pass back rush on. didn't come until the game winning drive for, for, yeah. for Ohio State. So. 
Next question from Dollar Bills. What are your thoughts on Ryan Day's postgame comments, which he doubled down on his press conference? Uh, if you read today's tale of the tape, I'm in complete support of anything that Ryan Day said. He was fired up. Um, and here, here's why I say I say this on a couple different levels. Number one, when I hear people say that Ryan Day is on the hot seat of 49 and six, are you kidding me? What what are you kidding me? No, I'm he sure that contributed the, a little bit to his his feelings on the subject. Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I, yeah. That, and that's what I have in mind with it, too. He lost to Michigan two in a row. The two years before that, he kicked Michigan's ass. So he should lose his job because of those. He should lose his job because he lost 42-41 to the national champs. I mean, that that's that's crazy. Now, as far as what Lou Holtz said, Lou Holtz can say whatever he wants. That, that was Lou's shtick when he left coaching and became a, a media person. I don't, Lou can say whatever he wants. I don't, I don't think that matters, but if I'm Ryan day and you've listened to all the crap about him and his 49 and six record and his team and being told that they're not tough, I don't blame him. I don't have a problem with anything that he said. He didn't, he didn't disparage the Nordane, the current Nordane football team. He disparaged Lou Holtz. And I would have been feeling the same way he did as much as I love Lou. He knows that. I would have felt the same way that that he did. I, I'm, I think Ryan Day was totally within the, within the parameters of of uh, of what he could and should say. You know, if I, I if if Day's going to handle that, the way, ideally for a coach in that situation that wants to defend his players himself and is angry. First of all, you can't get angry when an analyst says that much. I know it's Lou Holtz and it's a big deal, but Lou Holtz is no longer, he's Lou Holtz, just a Notre Dame guy at this point. I mean, his, his job is to love Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Day could have said, I wonder who Lou Holtz thinks is the most physical team now. And that would have been absolutely fine because he did kind of destroy the post-game interview by just going on a rant know, but, about but Lou Holtz. Yeah, you know, it was he, He's a head coach that's totally caught up in the emotion of what just Yeah, happened. but it could be, I wonder where Lou Holtz thinks about us now. Our kids are the toughest group in America. This is a game-winning play. We we shoved it down their throats for because I don't think they knew they didn't have a player. We shoved it down their throats to win the game. We drove all the way down the field. Like I think that's it. I did the doubling down of the press conference. You're probably at that point, someone should I, tell you, don't do that. Don't okay, keep going. Okay, all right. That That's fair. I didn't. I actually, I didn't see his press conference. Well, he just, he kept going, but I, I mean, think that, sure, that's I'm not sure all him. That's, that's his advisors need to tell him to don't, don't say that again. You're fine. You made your point. Okay. My tail of tape was not commenting about his press conference. Yours was about the post game. Yeah. The post game interview on the field. Mine is about the post game interview on the field. Yes. Cause I actually, I think when I wrote that, yeah, I didn't get these, these questions until I finished tail of the tape. So I didn't actually know. <laughs> I'll just do the questions for you when you're busy on tail of the tape, Tim. There yeah, you go. Yeah. We got a lot going on here, man. We got a lot going on. All right. Question from FJ Cat. I don't think Ryan Day will ever be considered for Mensa membership. However, considering the cluster that occurred the last four minutes of Saturday's game, how do you explain Nordings out coaching NC State season staff and then going brain dead against Ohio State and getting totally out coached? I don't know how you're going <laughs> to explain away the four minutes for Notre Dame in that. Um, but uh, I mean, it's the last three plays of the game where they're three worst plays by far. You could put Parker as four if you want. Um, I I almost... The third and 19 is a terrible decision. The other two are indefensible, the 10 players. Other than that, I thought Ohio State made a lot of plays in the final four minutes. Um, I mean, you know, you could, you could argue that Parker gave it to him by saving them a timeout and throwing to stop the clock, but 
They had a wonderful play call on fourth and seven from the eight to get Imbuka across the field, sprinting away from Thomas Harper, who did all he could do to stay with him. If he had a half a tick more to run with him, he could have tackled him by the legs. The game would have been over. DJ Brown should have won the game. Uh, that wasn't Ryan Day out coaching Notre Dame. That wasn't Ohio State out coaching Notre Dame. DJ Brown had a pick. If you want to watch, if you guys don't think DJ Brown should have caught that ball, look at Benjamin Morrison's reaction on film. When you go back, third and 19, I 100% disagree with the call. However, you know what I really hate is the coverage. It was terrible by Ramon Henderson, Thomas Harper, and whoever else is involved. Just make a play. Make a single play. You know who can make a play on third and 19? The eight guys in defense. Yeah, I don't, that someone part can didn't... make a play. <laughs> You're allowed to make the play. Yeah, and I, and I would have, I would have rushed five I, for sure. I would have brought both. And, I, and I think that there was a level of tentativeness. I don't know if Ramon Henderson knew about the the yeah. first up marker in the end zone, but I believe that overall there was a level of tentativeness the yes. way they played it because it was like just don't give up 19 yards. That's the problem. That's up, how they yeah, played it. No, I know. I which know. can be uh, part of coaching, which can be part uh, of saying you're rushing three. That makes everybody tentative, right? That, that's it, that's the, fair. The question by FJ Cat, I mean, I, I, Notre Dame did not get totally outcoached. They got outcoached and outplayed in the last four minutes or whatever. Not totally because you said 4.3. Yeah, I thought those guys, but I also thought they made plays. Ohio State has good players yeah, that made plays. But, yeah, but Notre Dame, Notre Dame outcoached Ohio State up until the end. I, I'll take that. I'll take that to my grave. Uh, let me follow up with this then, Tim. Irish from A, Irish from, Irish from A2. Of all the misplays and opportunities from Saturday night, which one is the hardest for you to get over? Did you just uh, mention it? Did you it, just mention it? Because that's mine. Mine's third and nineteen. Mine's well, mine's DJ, DJ Brown, Brown because DJ that's Brown, a that's yeah. a that's a lot easier to accomplish than everything else was there. Defending their receivers on a deep ball. I, that is, I did not realize that was live, an easy one. Yeah, I did yeah. not realize live. How Ketzel, no, I couldn't tell live. I thought I saw him jumping and all the I, things. I, I could I couldn't believe how catchable that damn ball was. He knew it. That, Morrison that, knew it. They all knew it. It was well. Here's the problem. We have multiple things to say here. Yeah, as Irish from A2 says, you could you could argue you could argue six things. Fourth and seven, you could have held it. You could have had somebody uh, peel well, off and stop Ibuka. Yeah, number number two for me would be third and 19 but only because dj browns is it's it's right there's you're the no other factors there's the no other over. factors game, involved yeah, it's a great. ball and a man and it yeah needs you know you're right you're, you're actually right that's it it needs hey, to be caught man hey a play before that if you guys want to look back on this uh if you, i'm sure people have this on film and they're dying to go watch it again jd bertrand hits kyle mccord i think kyle mccord was throwing a pick if you look at the other view of the replay, I think Kyle McCord was throwing a pick and the ball was getting jumped. And I saw that play and I thought, oh my gosh, of all the times to get home and hit him. There's just so many out there. Oh, it's shocking, man, when you go through it. So let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's stop here and take for a second because <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, seriously. I mean, amongst all of us, I probably take these kind of things harder than everybody else, right? This is the hardest I've taken anything since 93. No, that's not true. 05. 05 was terrible. 05 was terrible. <laughs> I, I I mean, I, 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 you know, it's easy to say I was devastated. I was devastated. <laughs> no, I was up no, there. No, I'm mean, going to write my whole... story, Tim. You know how fun that's to do with a job and then run it. <laughs> Let's at the whole, harp on the... that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I and not the whole time because then you got to shoot a video and you you know you you 
I was just, yeah. I've I've covered 500 games, so I mean, I'm pretty good at pushing those kind of things aside. And I I, ha- I did have Paul Camerata, uh, the great Paul Camerata, former uh, former associate of ours, uh, say, "Wow, you did! I, I I know how you felt. You did a great job of concealing it." in your video. And I, I like, I didn't really feel like I did a great job of con- concealing it because I was, you know, you're, you're stunned. You're, you're temporarily yeah. devastated by, and it's like, I mean, it's beyond being a Nordic fan. It's, it's, it's business too, man. I mean, we, I, I, we got a business here and I want that win for our business as much as anything else. I tell and- you what, this is the one time in since 2008. Yeah. 2020 that's not that's not fair 2020 Clemson I was not watching this game think the last minute of this game I literally I was a useless worker for that minute <laughs> I was just looking at the field thinking are you kidding like seriously I, I don't think I saw the last play I don't think I watched the last play I think I just listened to hear if they scored I was just typing away like this I'm just I was resolute it was over I was really mad I, I don't get that mad Samson knows this I sit by Pete I don't even move during games I move like five times a year Sometimes I'm laughing. Like when Navy's beating Notre Dame and everybody's upset. Ever your business partner telling us Marshall is the worst loss? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, no. I kind of thought that was a little funny, actually. <laughs> there is nothing because you're not supposed to be in that position if you're Notre What? Notre Dame comes back to beat Marshall. We're supposed to celebrate that? <laughs> this was crippling. This was yeah. Kentucky basketball, BC, oh, and USC. These are the, those are the four. This was terrible. And the Ohio State in the Ohio State Michigan thing gets really, you know, how you older fans, older fans, people older than me. So, pretty sure your age, Jack's age, USC thing. The Michigan Ohio State thing has always really, really bothers me. Those teams, they really do. (laughs) I can't let it go. I have trouble letting it go. And this was a rough one. This was bad. Yeah. Well, I was courtside for the uh, the Kentucky basketball game, and I had just been told that you know we don't always get the prime seats because we're a dot com and. You know, newspapers usually get that, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. national people. I, I had been told that that'll end soon. You're gonna have you're gonna have a front you're gonna have a front row seat for the final four. <laughs> <laughs> good. I would have been covering spring practice for the final four. Not bitter yes, at all about that yes, one. But yes, no, I would have left. I would have left to go on the final four. So all right, man, we're dragging. <laughs> we got to hustle because I have kids. All right, Andy Davis too. Starting wideouts, three catches, thirty-eight yards, pass interference. We have Sam Hartman and five Mississippi to throw. What is going on? They, tar- they targeted the whiteouts 13 times. Yeah, it was there. Ohio State has players too out there. Start, starting whiteouts since when are just starting whiteouts? The only, I mean, I don't, any Davis, I'm just saying that they, the whiteouts were targeted 13 times. You had a tight end that, that got off. He went, he, he, he snapped. He was great. You were getting yeah. first downs with a tight end. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not, I'm not feeling it here, man. You can't, you, he didn't have time to throw Hartman though. I think the point want, is Hartman had a lot of time. Well, no, I agree, but you want, yeah. but and Hartman goes through all his reads. You want him to throw the guy that, that that's open, or you want him to force it to a wideout? I don't believe in doing that. Uh, question from JJ Ferris: How long is Spencer Schrader's leash? I know he has a huge leg, but it's looking like he has no idea where it's going. Needless to say, Notre Dame needed those three points. Um, they definitely need the three points. I don't think it's helped him that he doesn't get to do any uh, regular field goals. <laughs> He's kicked like two regular field goals. They've all been bombs. Was that brought up on the on the uh, NC State game story, or was that brought up by uh, was it the broadcaster for NC State or Central where they said you like to get one under your belt and then start kicking some long ones? Yeah, I think it's how long his leash is. He does not have anybody anywhere near him in the program wow, to they're, him out. They're, 
Spencer Schrader's going to be fine. And I, I you know what I, I said in today's tale of the tape, he's going to kick a game winner or he's going to kick yeah. something that's going to Spencer Schrader's a good kicker. He's attempting 59 yarders. The kick the other night was a 47 yarder. It was a bad kick from the very beginning. He hit it wrong. And he, you knew it was going to hook. It was a bad kick from the very beginning. Let, a week ago, he hit a 50 yarder. The week before that, he hit a 54 yarder and want to hit the the upright for a 59 yarder. Spencer Schrader will be fine. I know his numbers aren't very good. He's also their best kicker by the most in, inconceivable margin. If people don't know that, that might be JJ Ferris might not know that. It's not even a thing. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a competition. It was never a competition a, at any point. It's not a thing. It would be nice if he could kick a few 37, 39 yarders just to get a feel for it in game competition. I understand the question, but I think he'll be fine, and he's the best by far. Two questions here. Uh, one from Irish B. Does does this game change your final prediction? And then Jack Mac ninety nine. What is Nordane's ceiling now? The ceiling is still eleven and one. I always thought that was the ceiling. I guess it does not change my final prediction. Although if I'm, it's a bad weekend for math here at Notre Dame. But I did have them beating Ohio State, so that could change the fact that I thought they would beat Ohio State. Um, you know what? I'm I I would guess if if forced to guess, I would guess they would go ten and two. But the ceiling doesn't change at all. They can go to the playoffs and they can win a playoff game. What are you thinking that I'm thinking in answering this question? Do you have any guess, idea where I'm coming from? As long as they beat Duke, they'll run the table. <laughs> this I'm is a, a dangerous. This is a dangerous moment. Right I, here. It is, and I'm going to. I'm going moment. to stop short of saying that they're going to run the table. But I do think they'll beat Duke. And the problem is that Caleb Williams could throw. I mean, you yeah. know, name a number, and he can throw that many touchdown passes against anybody. I don't care who you are. Now what the, the only, What if the nickel only has four defensive backs? Then there's a real problem no, against Caleb. Williams. I don't think I'll be. I, yeah, <laughs> I. <laughs> I don't think I'll be picking the under on the Nordame USC game. Hey, by the way, no, somebody, 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 somebody on our message board wanted to. Uh, oh shit! What shoot? What's the? Uh, <laughs> what, what's the? Uh, what's the phrase? Uh, oh. I need the topic. Were they saying you were you were wrong because you got the under right in a very big way? <laughs> right, <laughs> but, but but I had missed the under on NC State, so. Right. Oh, should we fade Priester? We fade, yeah. Should we fade Priester? After three quarters, that still I that was a it was a great pick through three quarters and it got out of hand. That happens. I, I get that. So you wanna <laughs> you wanna fade me based upon a three-quarter pick that was that looked great the whole day? I wish you'd have been way off and Notre Dame and Ohio State would have scored on all their opportunities yeah, well, and you would have won well, by 10. Would be all good. How, do you, how do you like me now? It went under yeah. by by 24 points. <laughs> The last one from Irish B, and I think I have attacked this enough, so I'll let Priester do it. There is just one question to ask. How will Mike Elko attack our 10 personnel? I include this question because I laughed. I, I've talked off. about it enough, I think. Plus, I have I, a film I, review to do that might come up. So I, it, it it just cracked me up that there's – how will Mike Elko attack 10 personnel? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer it. I'm not sure that there is supposed to be an answer to it. I don't believe that. If there I said is. run left, it would be too soon. So I won't say that. <laughs> yeah. Pound it over uh, the B gap. <laughs> the B gap will take care of it. Pound that B gap. You'll be in good. You'll be in good shape. Hey, that's it. This is a long one. I apologize. But uh, that's what happens when Notre Dame loses it. They don't mind. Jack's bad. They don't team. mind. Though. It's okay. <laughs> I, know they don't. I know they don't. I know they don't. 
uh, producers uh, react to that a little bit more. But uh, we had a little bit of fun with it, and uh, we en- left it with that last question because the pages turn, man. Uh, the season is still in front of uh, still in front of Notre Dame and Notre Dame fans, and Notre Dame has to go out to Duke and play play a good football game to win, and I do think that they will. Anything else, Tim? No, I'm with you. I'll see you. Well, I was going to say see you Thursday because it sounds good, but I'll probably see you tomorrow. You'll see me tomorrow, yes. But until then, for our listeners, we appreciate you joining us. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider.